Welcome back to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. My name is Julie Love. I'm your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today we have a guest from Colorado Spring, and his name is Gary Martinez Jr. Before I introduce my guest, I want to introduce my book, which is the same title as this podcast, A Gift from Adversity. The subtitle of this book is Overcoming Sexual Abuse, Domestic Violence, Bullying, and Homelessness. After I experienced all this, I was invited to a lot of guest speaker events, and they had asked if I had a book, and I didn't. So I published my book in 2020, and it's available on Amazon. After I published my book, I got messages from all over the world sharing their adversities, and I felt really compelled to share the story of adversity, but not only that, share the story of how people overcome from the adversity. And I started a podcast last year, and I'm very grateful to have it continued this year. So let's invite today's guest. Hi, Gary. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you, Jerry, for having me on and really appreciate you being so flexible with my unique schedule. Absolutely. So Gary, can you please tell us your name, where you're coming in today, and also your job title, and if you have any social media or website that people can check it out. So my name is uh, Gary Martinez Jr. I'm coming to you from Colorado Springs, Colorado. And uh, one of the things I do is I've been a fitness trainer since uh, 2012. And you can find me on Facebook under my name, uh, same thing with Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And you just, people can just Google your name or search your name? Yes, just search my name and uh, there you go. Keep it simple. Simple like a pimple is my motto. So people check out Gary Martinez Jr. And let's start with our first question of the podcast, which is the adversity. So can you tell our audience, what was your adversity? Uh, so the uh, adversity was uh, the trauma experience that my daughter has gone through. Yes. And then can you tell us more? Okay, so it, this goes back to May of last year, 2022. We were in the daytime uh, going to a favorite playground that my daughter likes to swing at. And when she swings, it makes her feel good, helps her relax, helps her calm down, kind of sets the tone for her day. So we we're at this playground and we we're swinging for so many minutes. And then all of a sudden she got triggered and she started to have this. Uh, aggressive behavior. So what happened was she got off the swing. She started uh, she started to uh, escalate with her tone of voice and she started to do some some negative self-talk, which to me was like, okay, we're about to have an episode, so I need to stay close to my daughter. So I stood close to her because you always got to give them space when someone is autistic because my daughter is, uh, at this time, she was 16 years old. She's autistic. And when they're, when they're having like a panic attack like this, you kind of want to give them space so they can uh, kind of work it out on their own. But also you can be right there to support them. So she started to walk towards the school and she was kind of uh, 
saying some negative things to some of the students. And then I noticed just ahead of her was a teacher kind of close to one of the entrance doors. And she recognized the behavior. She knew something was wrong. And I kind of told her, hey, my daughter's autistic. She's having a, a panic attack right now. And she said, okay, well, we have some people inside the school right now that, are, that have worked with kids like that. So if you want to come into a safe spot into the school, I can take you in there right now. So I said, you know, perfect. So she took us into the school and thank, thank goodness that it was after school. So kids were out of the building. It was just teachers in there. So my daughter started to get more escalated. She started to uh, curse and cuss and uh, started to self-harm herself, which means she'll start to hit herself with her hands, her fist, and start to stiffen up. So all of this is going on. And when this goes on for an autistic person, they don't know what they're doing. So there's a, a chemical imbalance in their brain. They don't know what's going on until it's done and they, they come back to themselves. So she was so escalated that when we went inside that building, she was just nonstop with her pacing. And she really didn't want to be still anywhere. Uh, the people, the staff inside that were trying to help her, um, they were trying to show her some, some empty rooms she can go into. And uh, she went in there for like maybe a couple of seconds, but she was just too agitated where she just kind of kept uh, screaming and yelling. So she kept going. So she she made her rounds <laughs> throughout the whole school. She went inside the offices. And uh, so they let her kind of just uh, make her rounds in the school. And then uh, and then it started to get later where the teachers had to go home and nothing was working. And they kind of asked me, um, you know, where, where are you parked? And I told them I'm way in the back. So they said, okay, we're going to escort you guys out of the building. I said, I said, uh, you know, heads up, my daughter's a runner. Sometimes when she's like this, she will run into the street, kind of like a squirrel, not knowing the, the danger of it. So can you block the uh, entrances, the exits? I mean, going outside the, the building. So they said, sure, we're going to block all the exits for you. Go get your car, bring it to the front. And then, uh, We'll, you know, we'll watch her for you. So I brought my car around and my daughter's escalated. She she doesn't want to stay still. So she's screaming, she's yelling, she's attacking herself, uh, saying all kinds of uh, negative stuff. And so she's, you know, she's confused when she, when she is in this state of mind. So she's trying to escape, but but since she sees people there, she she kind of backs off. I get there, I thank them for for watching my daughter. And then she saw like a moment and she took off. So now my daughter's on foot and she takes off into the neighborhood. So my car is now parked in the front of the school and I now have to go follow her. And I keep about a five, about five yards distance. So she's walking the neighborhoods. I am on the edge of the sidewalk in case she wants to dart into the street. So I'm kind of like shielding her. So at this time, she's doing her thing. She's screaming. She's yelling. And now she's starting to attack me. And when a one of our when our kid is escalated in this moment, they will attack the parent a lot of times because they know we're not going to do nothing back to them. We are their safety net. So I understand that. So when she's hitting me, I'm just like in my mind, I'm glad she's hitting me. I'd rather her her hit me and not hit herself. So this whole time, I'm just telling her when this is going on, Monica, it's okay. Monica, it's okay. It's okay, Monica. So my job in this role is to be calm, patient, composed, and to support her. So as we're walking through these neighborhoods, she's going into people's yards and out. So she's very confused. 
she ran into one person's yard and it was an older person and they, they got caught off guard. They got surprised. They started screaming, like, get out of my yard, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I kind of told him real quick, my daughter's autistic. She doesn't mean to do this. She's just trying to find a safe spot. And uh, but you couldn't you know, you couldn't blame the lady for someone running into their yard being being escalated. So my daughter actually listened and she got out of the yard. So we uh, we then turned the corner. We're on a main street, which is dangerous because now you got a lot of traffic going on. So I'm getting a little closer to my daughter, like within a couple of yards. So now she is consistently slapping me, hitting me, punching me, kicking me. And the whole time, again, I'm just telling her, it's okay, Monica, it's okay. So, because if you try to encourage her, at least my daughter, when she's going through this moment, if I try to say anything to her other than that, it will actually escalate her, whether it's positive words, you just cannot engage. So you just kind of, you have to weather the storm. So we were uh, walking up this main road and then we hit an even bigger main road and this was still going on. So she must've hit me, no doubt, probably about a thousand times or more with strikes. And uh, we then made it to a, she walked into a gas station and it was, so in that gas station, uh, and just prior to that, I had to call 911 because when this happens and we're out of control and I can't do nothing, we need de-escalation assistance, meaning that the law enforcement has to come and kind of kind of help her de-escalate uh, with, with some teamwork, kind of like uh, kind of restrain her wrist a little bit, kind of make sure she's not attacking herself or others. So uh, on this day, the uh, police were very busy. So, you know, this was a, a three hour event. So we're in we're inside that gas station. My daughter is hitting me for about one hour straight everywhere. And uh, the guy inside was very. Uh, he was a, a really understanding person. He was like, hey, man, I understand because uh, I have a relative who has cerebral palsy and also has these kind of attacks. And uh so my daughter was uh, ripping through the food in the store and the guy was like, OK, you know, you can have you can have that, but let's not open up anything else. So because he also had a very low positive tone, she actually listened to him, but she was safe inside that gas station. And again, we had to call 911 to see if they were on their way or not. So it it, it was a long day. So we were in there and that guy was like, oh, my gosh, man, you're a. Uh, you're so patient. You're like uh, the most patient parent I've seen because, I mean, I was taking I was taking these blows to the head, and all I kept saying was the same broken record. It's okay, Monica. It's okay. It's okay. So finally, my daughter decided to leave the gas station. So she went out of the gas station, went next door into this really small shopping uh, strip, and she went into a pizza place. She was yelling and screaming so loud uh, as we walked in. I was just it was a continued attack on me that the people inside, I didn't have to tell them anything. They called 911 themselves. And I said, we've already called them. My daughter doesn't mean to do this. She's having a panic attack. She's autistic. She doesn't mean none of this, but we do need some help. So thank you for calling. So I was, uh, I was kind of on the wall and you got to have a little humor and things. So I was like, it's a good thing that I know how to, you know, defend a lot of these, uh, hits coming to the upper and lower body from, uh, uh, you know, just kind of watching mixed martial arts and for being a, a former wrestler. Cause I was like, God, in my head, I was like, man, she's so strong. 
she could have probably took me to the ground about 10 or 20 times if I didn't have this wrestler's defense. And, um, but I was like in my head, what also is going to happen? It's not good what's going on. But I told myself because she's using all this energy, eventually she's going to wear down. And when that, when, when we get to that point, I know that's when I can step in and talk to her about her favorite subjects because a lot of us, a lot of our autistic kids have favorite subjects that are very important to them. It's kind of like their, their reassurance, their, their self-regulation that helps them feel good every day. So they do something that they like over and over and over. On the outside, it may look a little different to people, but to them on the inside, it's everything to them in their world. So the world to them is in a scary place. So that's that was what was in the back of my head the whole time was like, I am so glad, Monica, you are hitting me because I'd rather you hit me and I'm glad you stopped hitting you. That's what I said in my mind. And I know we're going to get to the point where we'll be able to to wrap this up and, and come back and reset ourselves. So um, we finally, she finally decides to go out of the pizza place and I have to stick right by her, like I said earlier, because now we're at an intersection where there's so much traffic going on and we're outside and Remember, just a few minutes ago, the, the pizza place did call 911 again. So we probably called them at least five times total. Um, and my daughter found rocks. So there was an island of rocks, probably about the size of like a soap bar. So she started to uh, throw rocks at me. So they were hitting me um, mainly in my back, my arm, the back of my head a little bit. Nothing really in the front because I was pretty much blocking a lot of those and kind of like, you know, being as defensive as I could to block them. So she was uh, hitting me pretty good for a while with rocks. And uh, and then finally, about 10, 15 minutes later, the, the police showed up. But right before they showed up, there was a lot of people driving into that shopping strip. And they were just kind of checking on me like, hey, are you OK? Are you OK? And I was like, uh, my daughter's, you know, she's autistic. She's having an attack. It's, it's not her fault. I'll be OK. I'll be OK. But, um, you know, can you call 911? This was right before they came about 20 minutes later because we just need some de-escalation just to help her out. So they finally arrived, the police, and um, they're all nice. We've dealt with police for going on two years now when we need this type of assistance. And what I've learned in our community is that every, everyone has come to uh, assist us has been very nice. And uh, so when they all came, there was both male and female. They wanted to hear what was going on. And then they kind of like talked to her in a low tone. I kind of gave them some direction. And uh, they're able to uh, gently, you know, put her hands behind her and, and uh, get her secure right there. And she was, you know, she was still escalated and agitated and all that kind of stuff. And then she was able to sit down. And then I, I was talking to the officers and one of them said, um, did you know that your face is, uh, you know, showered in blood? And I was like, no, I don't even know. And he was like, well, you probably want to get checked out. And I was like, okay. I was like, but I was like, honestly, my mission here is to uh, get my daughter safe and to reset. So, you know, I'll do that later. So what happened here at the end was uh, after we got her to sit down on the sidewalk, she started to tone down a little bit. And I know that's my time to, that I can step in safely and try to bring her back to herself. So I grabbed my phone out 
because one of her favorite things is watching uh, uh, Disney movie clips on YouTube. So we are YouTubeaholics. So I pulled out that phone and I went right to some of her favorite uh, Disney clips and she started to watch them. So that's a good sign. Now her attention and focus is going on something positive. That means the world to her. So she's watching these clips. I think some of them were probably Cinderella movie clips, uh, Frozen. So after that, after that, she started to talk to me. I was talking to her about the clips. Oh, Monica. Oh, I can't. You know, it's wow. You know, Cinderella has a pink dress. And, you know, the fairy godmother, you got to know these details about your kid when you're helping them. The fairy godmother fixed her green dress, let her go to the ball, helped her get to the ball dance to dance with Prince Charming. Man, that's such a cool thing at the end of the movie. And I'm, yeah, dad, I love that part, you know, because Cinderella wanted to go dance and she's the one who fit the glass slippers. So now she's talking to me about the movie. So now we transition to the focus of her favorite subjects. So now I knew, okay, she's coming out of it. She's coming out of it. So I'll keep going. So we talked about that and a couple other uh, favorite Disney movie clips, because for a lot of autistic females, they get emotionally attached to these characters because it makes them feel good. Because a lot of times they don't, they don't necessarily know who they are themselves. So that's why they get attached to characters that they like. And it's kind of like soap opera because they kind of, tie in their emotions to those characters based on certain moments of these movies because it resonates with parts of their life so we got that part uh, achieved right there and then we this is our our famous thing at the end as you see my two fingers here in case you know something is going to be on like audio we pinky promised each other so what happened was she knew that we had to go to the hospital to get checked out assessed for all this and the ambulance was there ready to take us. And this is what we said to ourselves that has uh, just made our bond grow stronger together through dark times to, to shine that light at the end of the tunnel is, uh, hey, dad. And this was a Monday, the day after Mother's Day. And I made a promise to her and she remembered. And she said, hey, dad, I'm sorry this happened. And I'm like, Monica, it's not your fault. And she said, dad, do you remember that you told me that since I was, since I've been a good girl, that we can go to Target and I can pick out two princess dolls for my Mother's Day gift because I'm so good to my dolls? Can we do that after I get out of the hospital? And I said, let's pinky promise, Monica. So we, we pinky promise each other and lock fingers. And I said, yes, we will. I'm going to follow you guys up to the hospital. And as soon as we get out of there, we're going. So we did that. We made the ride up to the hospital. It took some time to de-escalate, to get assessed and all those sort of things. So after X amount of time, we got released. Monica was back to herself. We were high-fiving each other. Because what we do when this happens is at the end, we praise each other. So I praise her. Good job, Monica. I'm glad you're back to yourself. Because what she says is, Dad, this is how our world is. So-and-so character jumped in my body and made me do this. I was like, so who was it? So, for example, it could be Lady Tremaine, you know, from Cinderella, the evil stepmother. She jumped in my body. She made me do all this. And I'm like, so my, my, my line after that, when this goes on, is, Monica, I knew it. I knew it was somebody evil. That darn evil Lady Tremaine. 
she's crazy and I'm glad you got her out of your body and she's gone. Good job, Monica. So we, we finished with like a hug. We praise each other. And I said, um, let's go to Target and she'll tell me which location she wants to go to. So the ending was we went to Target. She got her dolls. She was happy. And then we went home. It was late and she went to bed. Well, thank you so much for sharing the story. It um, really painted the picture of what happened that day. And the people, like, I don't, I, the only interaction that I had with autistic children was at the summer camp. Uh, I was a music instructor and we had this camp where I taught music to different um, level of the um, autistic students. And then some were more engaged in the piano lessons, some more, more not. And I really had no training to go into this camp and uh, I had no idea how to interact. I used stickers, I used different things, but um, really amazing to hear your patient and then um, these hand gestures in the routines. But then how many times of this panic attack have you experienced so far with your daughter growing up is it like does it happen like once a year or maybe once in the three months like how often do you experience these extremes yeah so right now we're on a healing journey so it's still going on you know con consistently at least a couple of times a week um and then the therapies that it's just taken a while to get some good selective ones to help us out because that's just kind of how the system is that will uh, start to work on the root cause to help her out with uh, trauma and other things that are associated with the, that comes that comes with it. So when she was born and then growing up when she was younger, like, you know, pre-K, kindergarten, elementary school, do, was she having these kind of episodes as well? Nope, it was just from the experience that she had that was involved that involved trauma. So back when she was diagnosed, and then uh, as you mentioned into kindergarten, we had to repeat kindergarten because at that time she wasn't speaking, so she didn't speak clearly until she was about nine. And uh, so during that time, school preschool kindergarten was very hard for her because she couldn't express herself. So. Uh, she was having at that time what's called meltdowns. So meltdowns is a common one for us. And that's, that's like things in the environment can trigger them or also other things can trigger them. And uh, at that time when we had meltdowns, we, uh, we learned how to stop them. So those were different. They're like, they're not as intense as what these are. And when we had those, what I learned was it was kind of the same thing was uh, when she started to have one and do some self-harm or some verbal stuff to herself, uh, I would just go into my role of uh, matching her tone, whatever that tone was. And I would talk about a favorite movie. And then after I talk about the favorite movie, I'll, it would grab her attention. After I grab her attention, um, this this particular time was at the park. So I saw a, a soccer net and uh, I told her that, you know, that's Ursula, the evil octopus from The Little Mermaid. And do you wanna go rescue Ariel? Of course, so she said yes. So we ran to that soccer field and she's not typically a runner, but we did for Ariel. And we went there 
And at that time, my uh, my former stepdaughter and my son were both playing. I told them to come here and what was going on. So I said, just fall down and laugh and, and pretend the soccer net is tentacles and it's grabbing you and we need you to rescue us, Monica. So Monica uh, was rescuing all of us and we were falling down on purpose so she can get more activity for her muscles and her joints in her body. So that that feedback is an activity that helps her come out of things quicker. So the combination of talking about a movie and doing an activity for her organizes her brain and body. And then within minutes, she snapped out of the meltdown. So um, does she go to public school or special school right now? She's in a public school right now. And uh, she's mainly in the special education department classroom. But she does get mainstreamed, mainstreamed with assistance to go into to do a couple of different subjects, you know, like PE or, or art, things that will benefit her and help her have the best day. And how's her school going? Um, she likes her teachers. So when she's there, she likes uh, she'll come home and tell you because she's very blunt. So she'll tell you. I had a, you know, I had fun, Miss Raymond, you know, I like, I like my teacher, Miss Raymond, she'll go on about it. But then she gravitates more to classmates that have more severe needs. Like she has one friend and she has a feeding tube. She has the, uh, the tubes for breathing and she has very limited vocabulary. So she gravitates more to people who need extra help. So she's a very good uh, friend and advocate for a lot of her classmates. So Gary, thank you so much for sharing all this information and the story. When going back to this extreme situation of three hours, did the doctor diagnose you with something uh, for like maybe internal bleeding or like maybe concussion? When you did you check yourself um, in after you got so much hit by her? Um, it was just. I mean, it was just. Um just kind of like scrapes and stuff on, on my head that just, because you know, there's not much skin up here. So you bleed easy when something happens like that. So uh, I didn't feel any symptoms of anything. It was just, just needed to, to, to make, to make the, the blood up there stop. So I was actually okay. And I, I learned something that like, uh, I learned it a long time ago that, you know, this is all about your kid. It's never about you. So when I'm in moments like that, I'm always thinking about her. So I actually, I just don't feel those elements until it's over or someone's, you know, nearby or something that I find out. And then if then I will give myself the self-care that I need. But on this day, I didn't need, uh, you know, necessarily medical attention because it was just mainly scratches. I just they just ran. <laughs> they just they just did all that what it did, you know, to my face. So nobody is prepared for this role of being a parent um, with some special need and having to experience this. Like, I'm a mom and I've never gotten education to become a mom. And every parent, especially who has children with special need, they never um, have training. And how are you dealing with your mental health stage when this was especially going on? I know you're focused on her, but do you sometimes like wear yourself out or maybe break down or get depressed or something like that? Yeah. So for me, you know, being a fitness trainer, like I said earlier, 
one thing that helps me start the day is doing, you know, some type of activity for myself. And for me, I love to stretch a lot. So when I stretch or do some type of activity, that's one thing I like to do. Um, I also like to hike a lot. So when I do things like that, that is like my, my therapy, my therapy to myself, it's my healing because, you know, when you're, when you're active and doing something active for yourself, your body rewards you, you know, maybe when I, when I wait before I do these things, I may have some negative thoughts because we know those, those come into our mind every day. But when you do positive activity for your body, your brain feels good. You know, we get those endorphins in our head. So what I like to say is like those negative thoughts go bye, bye, bye. <laughs> they leave the head. So that helps me out a lot. Um, sometimes, you know, I, I um, make it a point to get myself a massage. So just to take care of my uh, mental and physical health. Those are some of the ways, but also the biggest one that, is, that keeps our energy is nutrition. And we've gotten very, very, uh, very, uh, selective with our nutrition. And it started back in September of 2019. So we have, we know a lot of, um, right foods that we need. We know a lot of troublemaker foods to stay away from and what foods help us, uh, keep our immune system healthy and strong. So we can, uh, you know, weather the dark times and then also have the energy for our good times because, because uh, we have a lot of good adventures together. We are so active. Like Monica likes going to parks. She, she, she's a shopper. She makes a lot of friends. When you talk to her, you won't ever forget her. She has that kind of personality. So uh, those are some of the things that I like to do to take care of myself. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so you shared a lot right now about the tools that you use to overcome this adversity, but let's um, clarify that this part of the podcast is one of my favorite part where a lot of people who came to this podcast went through extreme adversity and the tools that they use to overcome are not written somewhere online or on a, in a book. They really had a try and error and discovered what works the best. And you mentioned some physical exercise and nutrition, but out of those or other things, what do you think that you can share with your with our audience that truly worked for your adversity? Uh for me it was just patience, having patience and understanding of the situation that uh she doesn't mean to do this. I'm not going to quit on her. Our motto is we don't quit. And I'm going to be there for her because I know at some point, like I said earlier, I'm going to be able to help her. So for me, it's just patience and understanding, uh, accepting her. And, uh, you know, she doesn't mean to do what she does. You got to look at, look at it through her lens, what she's going through. So it's just to be there for her, always to be there for her and to be ready to support her. And to, and to always know what things that she likes. Like you really have to keep up with what she likes. Keeping up with what she likes, that, that, is, a, that is a life changer. So just knowing those things is what helps us out a lot. And again, you mentioned about your self-care being, maybe taking yourself out to massage or hiking or stretching. And how about the food? What are the things that you um, intentionally put in your body that works for you yeah so uh our, our touch on both of us so for monica uh, uh back when she was diagnosed 
a lot of our kids are picky eaters and it's, and it's a lot of it sometimes has to do with texture. So she started out just eating chicken nuggets. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, man, how can I, uh, how can I open that door? So one day I was like, okay, her favorite interest. So I was like, a banana's yellow. So was Alice's hair from Alice in Wonderland. So one day I said, Monica, I'm going to eat this yellow banana for Alice so she can keep her beautiful blonde hair forever. And she knows I mean it because I'm down for her subjects. And shortly after that, she said, me too. So that was a monumental moment where she tried a different food and she started to eat that piece of fruit. And then uh, it led to everything else that we, we eat this for a specific person, like an apple is red, we'll eat that for Milan. An orange is orange, is orange so we eat that for Cinderella's hair. So I, what's helped us out a lot is just getting a lot of like fruits and vegetables into us and to, uh, we have a, a smoothie every morning to get those sorts of things inside our bodies so we can kind of flush out and detox our bodies. Kind of like, you know, when you put good, th good things like that into your body early into the morning, it kind of turns into a broom and it sweeps out a lot of bad stuff that you don't want in there. So we do that. We make it a point to stay hydrated and uh, we just make sure we eat throughout the day to maintain that energy. And then we do take supplements. So supplements are another thing that helps us out to, uh, um, for Monica, a lot of it, and for me, is to help with our energy, help with our immune system, help with our, our nerves, as sometimes from episodes, our nerves, you know, are very sensitive. So there's certain foods and supplements we take for those two. And it's just been, uh, again, life changer. Thank you so much, Gary. And thank you so much for mentioning about patient and, you know, knowing that it's going to go away at some point. And those are the things that people don't understand about panic attack and these attacks that I myself had so many episodes of panic attack um, that caused by my child sex abuse from my father. And most of it is, most of it was ran or like hide, um, cry. Sometimes I locked myself in the bathroom. And one time I was reading a book about panic attack and then that kind of helped me. It's like a child labor. And then I had experienced um, natural, like natural birth with epidural for my first time and the contraction comes and goes and then kind of explain that way that helped me understand it comes and goes and it's mm -hmm. not forever but then when you are inside of the panic attack it feels like forever and i'm sure people around us who are experiencing panic attack feels like that would continue forever but it's not and then, like you said, it was three hours. That That is a long, long time to deal with. But then when you think about the amount of the lifespan, that is not as long. And mm -hmm. you just don't really understand the perspective of it until you experience a feel and then come out of it and then feels that, well, it's happening again, but it's gonna go away. I just have to decompress, and then we just have to have the favorite tools, like you said. How many tools box, toolbox that you can have, and um, back in your head, or do those toolboxes um, coping skills daily to prevent those attacks, and then 
And that really had helped me. So having you understand the situation and having the patient as much as you have, like an angel, it's just so crazy to me that um, I just think not so many people can do what you do. Yeah, it's just, you know, Monica is my teacher. I'm the student. I have to learn things from her and then become the practitioner to implement it. And uh, a lot of times it's just, our, our, um, um, the things that help us coping skills, they change, they can change, <laughs> they can change daily. Cause it just depends on which ones does she like to use. And I wish, I wish I had a magic wand, like the fairy godmother in Cinderella, but it doesn't work that way to make it disappear because for some, for some, they're, for some, they're just like, Oh my gosh, how, how do those stop? I was like, you know, you just, you, you have to weather the storm. You have to do things that support the person. And um, you just have to focus on the moment. Focus on the moment, you know, one day at a time. Have you ever written about this? Um, any blog or any social media? Um, I, I just wrote a short read that kind of talks a little bit about our adventures of life the past year the first part of it is um kind of like these adversity stories and then in the middle of it i say switching gears and in the last the last half of it and it's a very short read book like you can knock it out in like half an hour the last half of it is uh is good adventures so you get to know both sides of the person so you can get the full picture of somebody what they go through on their on their roller coaster and just root for them. It's kind of like, um, you know, if you've ever been somebody who's been picked on or something like that, you may want to check this book out and learn some things on how sometimes we can flip that around and actually make a friend out of a situation and then see what things an autistic person likes in their life. Cause it's so, a lot of it is very simple. And I learned a lot from my daughter that keeping things really simple, like I've uncluttered my brain to keep things simple. And I like how she's one thing can just make her whole day. And uh, I think it's a good thing to, uh, to have because it takes a lot of tension off of the person and it helps you be more in the moment. What is the book called? It's called Don't Shame Her Game, Let Me Explain. And it's available where? <laughs> it's on Mr. Amazon, so it's on there. Great, wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Gary. My last question for the podcast is a gift that came from the adversity. So how would you say a gift that came from this adversity? The gift is um, these these make us, when she goes through this little dark time afterwards, each time it just makes our bond together as two people stronger. So our relationship grows stronger and stronger and stronger because we're honest with each other. We don't break our pinky promises. We keep our word to each other. And that that's a big deal for her, because when she does have moments of anything else in life, she comes right to me and she shares it with me because we have that open communication and that trust is earned. I didn't just get it like that. I had to earn it. I had to show her that I was invested in her into her world, because when you invest in her world, it makes her feel comfortable and safe. And then you use it. You use it kind of like exercise, like, you know, when you warm up before you work out, you're more prepared. 
when we do her daily over and over favorite thing throughout the day that helps prepare her for the transition of going to this place and to that place. So being, being all in with her, earning her trust, our bond has just grown stronger when we have, uh, cause it's, it's life, you know, everyone has dark times and it's just how you deal with it and overcome it. You know, you have choices there. How about for you personally, not about her, the gift that came from the adversity? Um, good question. <laughs> I'm going to say just, just the love that comes out of it. Just knowing that my daughter loves me and that makes me feel good. Cause she, she tells you not only telling you, but the things that she does I'm like, cause sometimes she'll say, thank you so much for helping me with this, you know? is what she she likes to do that after something happens to her and it, it, that's very rewarding for me as a parent that your kid trusts you and shows you love so to feel that love from her that's all i need it's on the inside i don't need i don't need trophies or anything it's just how i feel on the inside with the love that she gets she gives me well thank you so much again for coming to a gift from university my last request from you if there's a listener out there who a parent who is having a struggle with maybe their children with autism. What is your advice? Um, another good question there. Is that uh, we're, we're not alone because a lot of times we feel like we're alone that no one understands. Is to make sure you talk to someone that you trust when you're having a, a situation so you can get that support you need so you can uh, help yourself out, number one, feel better about your moments so that can help inspire you to have a better rest of your day with whatever it is you're going through. So to find a resource, whether it's a friend or you go on social media into a support group, remember those support groups are parents just like us that are going through the same type of things. And a lot of times if you just engage and reach out and say and you know say something because it's hard for us to just to be engaging on social media you'll be surprised that you'll get a message in your inbox don't know when that is but you'll have some you'll have a little more support than what you think so just uh show yourself that same love that you show your child and things will be you know help you out a little more with yourself in your day well, thank you again for coming to a pod this podcast, Gary. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate you. Absolutely. And thank you to our audience. And I have more guests coming to our podcast. So thank you for your support. Have a great day.